Bonchik's Real Estate Investing Podcast. Mr. Bonchik is an attorney, best-selling author, and a real estate investor with 25 years' experience. For more information and free articles and videos, visit his website at www.legalwiz.com. Another way of doing it, which is called a double close. So we have a contract here, or let's say 200, between A and B, and then another contract between B and C for 220. Okay? A is a for sale by owner, B is you, C is another investor. Now this generally won't work if C is a consumer buyer, especially if, if they're going for a, a, a loan, FHA loan. If they're paying cash, that's one thing. But if they have an FHA loan, remember, a double closing is in and out, back to back, and B has to be entitled for 90 days under FHA rules. That's not going to work. So typically, in this scenario, we're just going to sign the contract from A to B to C, who closes directly with A. Okay? And you're selling your contract. You're not selling the house. You're selling your contract. Okay? You didn't broker for anybody, because what you're selling is your own interest in the property, your, the contract that you have. All right? Now, a double closing would go like this. You don't need 200 to buy it to turn around and back and sell it for 220, although you could. Although you could if B did have 200,000. That would be easier. But there's two types of double closes back to back. One is what we call a wet closing, which most title companies and escrow companies and attorneys don't have a problem closing. A wet closing is where B comes in with the 200 grand. Buys it from A, deed goes from A to B, and then a minute later, B will deed it to C uh, for the 220, and then pocket the difference less than closing costs. Okay? Remember, there's two sets of closing costs, A to B, B to C. If B doesn't have it, where can B get it? Well, B can borrow it from a, what they call a, well, it's really a hard money lender, but it's also known as transactional funds. Also known as flash cash. Same thing. Basically, it's just a, it's just an hour or day or two hard money loan. That's all it is. So B gets a hard money loan from, let's say, a hard money lender or transactional funds, or whatever you want to call it, um, closes A to B, and then closes B to C. The investor comes in with their money, um, typically you know, some sort of uh, investor loan they're getting that requires B to be on title before the loan will fund. And then C pays B that money, um, and then B pays off the hard money lender and this could be an hour, uh, a day later, a week later. You know, the longer you have it, the longer the hard, the more the hard money lender is going to charge you for that loan. Um, and this will even work if A is a, a, a bank-owned property, because <clears throat> you can do the A to B close. Now, tip of the problem is with with double closings and bank-owned properties is, typically the bank is going to choose the title company or closer to do it. 
and chances are very good that they're idiots and they don't know what a double closing is or they think it's illegal or they want to tell the lender A. So you can close, which you've done many times, A to B with borrowed funds, the uh, transactional funds, and then go to a totally different title company across town and close B to C. Now all we need is if you do A to B, it's a requirement that you must tell that closer is I need that deed electronically recorded today. And that's going to be what the hard money lender is going to say too. I want my mortgage recorded or deed of trust recorded today. That way you can go across town the same day or the next day and say, look, B's in title, now B can close with C. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's what we call a wet closing. In the business, there's also what's called a dry closing, and this is a tougher one to pull off. In a dry closing, this would have to be an investor who's coming in with cash. And you don't want um, the bank to know that you're reselling it, because an assignment they're not going to let you do anyway, a bank-owned property. You can't assign a contract. They won't let you. They'll put in their agreement, this is not assignable. All right? So, or you're a fair for sale by owner, and you don't want them to see the back end close or how much you sold it for, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you can do the first close, A to B, okay? Um, and then the second close, B to C, but it's all done in escrow. What does that mean? Well, in escrow means we're waiting for something to be finished, something to happen. Typically, documents signed and money to come in to finish the transaction and fund it. So actually, you can do these in any order, A to B or B to C. I prefer to do the B to C closing first, and I'll explain uh, why in a moment. Let's say we close A to B, okay? And A is going to sign a deed to the property going from A to B. And that deed is not delivered to be yet or recorded. And by the way, what makes the owner be the owner? Is it the delivery of the deed or is it the recording of the deed? And if you're thinking recording, you're wrong. Recording is not required, but it is smart in most cases. But either way, the deed is not delivered yet. It is delivered to a, the closer, the title company, who's, or, or escrow company, is going to hold it in escrow with instructions, don't give that A, B deed to B or record it yet until B comes up with what? The money, the 200 grand. All right, so we do that closing, 9 in the morning, tell A, come back at 2 o'clock, we'll have a check for you. Then you close B to C with a deed that B signs to C, And that deed is deposited in escrow because B to C can't happen until A to B happens. A to B won't happen until B comes up with money. B is not going to get the money until he gets it from C. And C is not giving the money until B until the deed is recorded. <laughs> sort of like catch-22, isn't it? So what happens is both transactions close in escrow. And many of you have closed in escrow. You just don't know it. If you had a seller or buyer who weren't at the same table, they came at different times of the day to close, or one was out of town and they closed you know, different days, that's the same thing. It's an escrow. Escrow could be for a day, an hour, a week, a month, a year. Okay? So we have the A to B deed, the B to C deed, and we've got the investor's money. Now, the way it's going to work is, let's say B gave A, 
you know, some nominal earnest money, let's say a hundred bucks. Which is by why I said earlier, there's not a huge risk of you losing money as a wholesaler. If you're giving a hundred dollars earnest money to A, you don't close, you lose your hundred dollars. It's not like a big deal, okay? If it's a bank-owned property, they may want three or four thousand dollars. In which case, again, we're going to hold it in escrow with it, with the closer, the escrow title company, and they're going to hold the money. And if you exercise your option to get out of the the deal, i.e., during the inspection period, you don't lose your money. But even if you don't exercise your option and you you blow it, the worst you can lose is three to four. Now, for some people, that's a lot of money, but compare it to buying a property, fixing it up, and realizing you're going to lose 50, okay? Uh, or buying a property, putting a 30-year mortgage in your name, and the market tanks. You know, that could be <laughs> real, real problematic. So uh, risk is relative. All right, so we have here the title company, or closer. And let's say the morning of the closer, C is going to, morning of the closings, C is going to wire money let's say 220 grand in this case and that could be 220 of C's money 220 of C's hard money lender doesn't matter as long as C's not going for a regular bank loan title company's got 220 sitting in its account they're going to cut a check for 200 to A for two for 20k to B minus some closing costs that will be involved. So that's the total of the 220 distributed up. And then they've got the two Ds, A to B, B to C, and they record them back to back down at the county and the transaction is completed. It goes from A to B, B to C. And what we did was we used the funds from the BC closing to fund the AB closing. And that's why, as I said earlier, I like to close B to C first because C is an investor. He understands what I'm doing. B, you know, I want to remain in control. I don't really want to close with A until I know the funds are there because uh, A might flip out if, he, if you tell him to come back you know, tomorrow to get his check or whatever. So you can close B to C in escrow, right? Same thing, and then have A to B happen, have an A come in later and hand him a check on the spot because as soon as, we, as soon as we got all the funds and all the documents signed, we can hand a check to A and the title company is going to go and record those Ds, A to B, B to C. Does that make sense? I'll be done. Thank you for listening to Bill Bonchick's Real Estate Investing Podcast. For more information and free articles and videos, visit his website at www.legalwiz.com. <laughs>